Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A lot of frustrated fans here in D.C. wondering why the Nationals have slipped all the way to 19 and 30. They've had their injury issues, but the bullpen has been catastrophic this year, David. And we're kind of kicking around. What can they do? It's a hell of a team, David. Hell of a team. I would start by releasing players. I would think an in-season managerial move may be in the offing, which always just reeks of frustration and desperation, and I would know because I reeked of those things for so many years. It's just bad from start to finish. When, when, when you're not winning games that Scherzer starts, even against DeGrom, when you're blowing leads the way the bullpen is, it is so deflating for the team uh, that it, it's hard to recover from. In 19 and 30, I'm sorry, guys. That's really hard to recover from. Probably impossible. Yeah. Right. Did you think that they were fatally flawed before the season even began? I picked them to go to the damn World Series and lose to the Astros. Right. I thought that without Bryce Harper, they would be better. I thought the clubhouse would be better, which, right. by the way, it is. Yeah. I thought that with that rotation, with the addition of Corbin, the top three rotation, they would never lose three games in a row. I thought Annabelle Sanchez was a solid number five, six, seven, or eight starter. I was wrong in every possible way. But why were you so sold on Davey? Now, I don't necessarily think Davey's the, the, the big problem. I mean, I, he's probably part of the problem. They're all, they all are part of the problem. But what did you see in Davey last year? Why did you, were, were you so confident that they could go to World Series with the second year? Oh, manager? I'm sorry. Let me be very clear. I'm not sold that managers make a difference in any possible way at all. Mm. When Jack McKeon came in 2003 and took over, we did an in-season managerial switch. Uh, Jack McKeon for Jeff Torborg. We won the World Series. Jack made every right move, but guess what? His moves were crazy, and it was just the players were really good and started to play better. I believe that I could have gone in there, and I love Jack, and I'm so close to him. But I think that managers can make good teams great, but they can't make bad teams good. And so, Davey, I don't blame Davey for this. The reason I say in-season managerial is Rizzo can't fire himself. The learners made a commitment to Rizzo, and they're not going to fire him mid-season. And I can only imagine how frustrated Mark is, and certainly Ted, even though he's not the control person, Ted owner, he's in his mid-90s, and he's still suffering from the 2012 Boris debacle with Strasburg. So it's just bad there. And I'm so sorry to say it to you guys. So you think that there should be a, a move at, at GM? You think they should fire Rizzo? I think that the Nationals need to start over. I think the first thing they need to do is stop paying attention to Scott Boris. I think that uh, letting Harper go is the right move and keeping Rendon would be the right move. Also getting him signed. However, I would still trade him if I could get a bunch of players back, and then I would try to re-sign him. I think that they have to be smart and be one of the first to market because they've got some players. Doolittle, no matter what happened last night, he would be wanted by competing teams. And I think that that, that is what I would be doing if I were running so the you're advocating So you're advocating un- unloading Rendon and then p- potentially re-signing him at letting go of Doolittle. I mean, the only guy we'd left would be like basically Max. Yeah, that would be a tank mode right there. That would be. Well, 
Well, no, you remember you've got Max Corbin and you've got Strasburg, yeah. and so you've got a, an unbelievable top three rotation. But it's being wasted right now with no rings, no World Series appearances. So put it this way: whatever you guys are doing right now, and the way it's been done, you've got to start doing it differently. Right? Do you think the way that that uh, Mike constructs the roster, there's a flaw there? No, I, I absolutely love the roster. But this happened to me with the Marlins, and it's so very hard to admit that it's not working. We had it before Jose died in 2016. We had a great pitching staff. We tried to piece together a bullpen as best as we could. We had position players that were out of this world with Stanton, Yelich, and Ozuna, and we couldn't win 81 games. At some point, well, obviously the team got sold and I got fired, but forgetting all that, at some point you have to admit that the sum is is not as great as the parts. And the way to win a World Series is when your sum is greater than the parts. And we had it wrong in Miami, and I'm afraid that you guys have it wrong in Washington. Your parts are greater than your sum. One criticism of Mike has been, uh, fair or unfair, is that the bullpen seems to be something that is, when you say an afterthought, he'd be pissed, because I know it's not an afterthought to him. But there's not as many financial resources um, allocated to your bullpen, and then if there's an issue, he could fix it in June or July, making pickups. Um, that's kind of been the criticism. Is that, is that fair? No, that's actually he builds bullpens the right way. You make a few moves during the off season, and then you try to. If you're in the race, you then acquire the hot bullpen arm. So I would give up an arm and a leg, no pun intended, to get Kirby Yates, let's say, from the Padres, who think they're competing, but in another, another month they won't be. And you just what you do is look for bullpen arms that are hot that year because then they stay hot generally, and you ride them and then let them go. Signing bullpen arms to long-term deals has not worked very well for most teams. You have the exceptions like the Riveras and, in some ways, the Chapmans and the Jansons, but even allocating that much money at the back end of your bullpen doesn't work. For the Marlins, we had a different closer every year, and we were doing great until we signed Keith Bell to a long-term deal and, and, and thought that would be helpful, and it turned out to be one of the worst signings of my career. So you mentioned uh, Christian Yelich. He's having an amazing year in Milwaukee. Uh, how did that trade come about when he gets traded from the Marlins to the Brewers? Well, I was already gone, but I can tell you exactly how it came about. Yelich, the rest of the team had been basically torn down. Yelich made it very clear to Jeter he didn't want to be part of a rebuild. And Jeter said, I don't want to have someone around who doesn't want to be here. And that, to me, is the worst thing you can do as a new owner or CEO. But he's just a player. So, of course, as a player, if you're not happy, you want to get traded. So he was acting like a player. It makes no sense to have traded Yelich the way they did. They didn't need to financially. That's a contract that we signed that was ended up being very team-friendly. <clears throat> and then they argue that Yelich would not have turned into the MVP and maybe back-to-back MVP, except for Bellinger right now, if he were still in Miami. Well, that's a bunch of horse hockey because he would have developed into the exact player he is in Miami. Whether he's happy or not, he wants to go out and perform so he can make money in his next contract. And then on top of that, guys, they traded him for players who ended up, uh, it's still early, but not that early. They probably did not get back any sort of superstar in return. Joined by David Sampson, who's a CBS Sports HQ, MLB analyst, former president of the Marlins. And that kind of brings us back to Anthony Rendon. You kind of said, well, maybe they need to trade him. And we've kind of kicked it around. Look, the guy's a great player. Maybe you trade him for prospects. What do you do if it's 
July 30th or right before the deadline, a couple days before the deadline, and it's and you feel like you got a good chance of signing him, but you're not certain. <laughs> you haven't locked it up. Do they then make the move? What would you do? I think that it depends the relationship. I like to have, I had good relationships with many of the players. I would be talk to the player, not the agent, the actual player. Talk about, hey, Anthony, here's where we are this season. We want you back. We're not competitive this year. We have a chance to make the organization stronger. We want to sign you to the following contract. This is what we're going to offer you. But why don't you go have a half a year, make the playoffs, do great, and, and then come back. I think communicating with your employee, we act like there's such a divide between players and, and, and management. Just communicate with your employee. It's not the end of the world. Were you able to successfully do that in Florida? There were several players who we communicated with, who I personally communicated with, and there were others who I knew I couldn't communicate with because they were very much only interested in talking with their agents and not really hearing from anyone in the front office. They, they were very upset about the, the divide between the front office and the players, but there were certain guys who certainly you could talk with, but obviously no Boris clients can you, you can never talk to. Can you, can you give us a couple of guys that were with the team that were just hard to, to manage and, and hard to communicate with? Well, hard to communicate with or just unwilling. I mean, yeah. let's do, you know, Mar- Marcelo Zuna and, and Jose Fernandez, you know, I, I, I was close to both of them and it was great to talk to them, but you certainly couldn't have talks about where the roster was going or what you were doing with them because it would just get right back to their agent and it would end up being a disaster. But there were other players who, you know, a D Gordon, let's say, who you could talk to anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously Jeff Conine back in the day, but current players, Ichiro is someone I could talk to about what we were doing with the roster, what we were doing with him. We were very honest about where, where his at-bats were coming and what we thought of, we were going to do with him. So, Certain players just understand the game and understand the dynamics between the front office. And I just don't know Anthony well enough. I've met him. I don't know well enough whether he'd be receptive to these types of conversations. But he's a Boris guy, right? And Boris yeah. would probably say that's not allowed. Some players, Ozuna, finally woke up and left Boris. Right. So it's possible that Rendon is his own man. I just don't know. Right. Getting right. back to the Nats. Um, it, it just seems like whatever can go wrong will go wrong. You know, last night Scherzer's he's just cruising. He's, he's got 109 pitches. He goes through six. He had nine Ks. Looked really good. Ross and Grace held down the seventh. And then Bearclaw came in, got the first guy. You struck him out. And then there was a ball hit to kind of deep left that Juan Soto, prob- a, a, a pretty good left fielder, probably makes the play. But Soto lets it hit the base of the wall uh, to extend the inning. Um, and then, you know, that's then they brought Doolittle in. And Doolittle was just, I mean, that's the best guy in the bullpen, and he blew it. So when, now, now when you can't. Things even, are going bad. Right. You can't even rely on your best like closer. That. Yeah. I mean, it's. They're, I don't know if yeah, it's. I mean, Derek Law is another example, right? He's a great. He was a guy that they, that they acquired, and uh, he was lights out for the Marlins, but then all of a sudden was unable to get anybody out. So, so the Nationals took him with an opportunity thinking, could this become an on-year for him because last year ended up being an off-year. The fact is, this is not an on-year for Bearclaw, and they should move on. He shouldn't be in high-leverage situations anymore. And Doolittle, by him having a bad outing, that's you know he's proven that, that he should be getting the ball again and again and again, and that's okay. 
but you've got to be willing to interchange bullpen arms and, and get the train going from AAA to the major leagues and back down and back up and back down. That's very normal for teams to do. It's hard to put a bullpen together, so I do not blame Rizzo for it at Using all. Using your term, though, off-year, they're all having off-year. So if you don't That's go what's so bizarre. You go with Swero and Swero blows it, or you go with Grace and Grace blows it. And they just brought up Tanner Rainey from AAA, and he's throwing 99 miles an hour, and he's blown two games since he's been in. So nothing has worked. It's like spreading. Right. Everybody throws 99 now. So it used to be a huge deal to bring up a 99 guy from AAA thinking he's going to be your elixir that's amazing. But by the way, the way you're describing is exactly the unemotional way you have to look at your season. Sometimes seasons just don't work out. And we're getting to the point where the Nationals have to admit that. Well, I mean, you're 11 games under 500 this Memorial Day weekend. I mean, it's over. They're not coming back from that. It, it, it's not over, but it's certainly close to over. It's like Billy Crystal and Princess Bride. You're not dead. You're just mostly dead. Right. <laughs> right. That's for sure. And by the way, they play the Marlins this weekend who have won five straight. So, yeah, but that's it's, – it's sort of – when you're 10-31, and 31, obviously you're not going to lose 140 games. Mm-hmm. You're going to win some games. So here's my view of what the Rizzo is saying right now with Davey Martinez and with the learners managing up and managing down. He's looking at this weekend series as the season. If you do not win three out of four against the Marlins, there will be changes. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 